So face. All right. We're, <laughs> we're live. Thanks for that we'll positive note, Solomon. All right, hang on. I'll go back. Over back. Sorry. All right, no problem. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, everyone else, thanks for joining. We're live on this pre-Easter Wednesday. Hi, guys. To discuss a often neglected, maybe never talked about period of time in the in the life of Jesus when he was in the tomb. So, oh, Ernie's on. Ernie's up already. What's up, Ernie? So, uh, we were talking about this, and I guess the first time that me and Solomon were aware of the idea of descended into hell and all the implications of that was through that song that's called Creed, which is basically a, a musical version of the Apostles' Creed. So, um, yeah, I think it was my husband that was like, yeah, Jesus went to hell for three days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that idea, it, it, the only, I don't want to say the only subject, but the, the main, like, idea where, like, where do you go to hell was is the Apostles' Creed. Like, that's the main source of that idea of, oh, he went to hell, the wording hell, um, which is not super accurate, but also accurate at the same time. Uh, Ernie says, oh, I love talking about pagan deities. If you're talking about Easter, we're already past that. <laughs> I, I already got reamed for that today. <laughs> Abby's had her fill of Easter talk for the for the year, probably. Uh, hello? Hey, we got you back. Hey. Sorry. So we were just talking about how our first interaction with uh, the idea of Jesus going to hell, uh, me and you both of us in the song about the Apostles' Creed. Was that your first time? That was my first time I ever heard the concept, yeah. And yeah. the first time I heard it, I didn't hear what he was saying exactly. And then uh, then when I went back and listened to it, I was like, wait, he went to what? Yeah. Well, cause, yeah, because it says that he descended into hell and, and then you think yeah. that's a heaven. Yeah, and, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and then you hear it later and it's, uh, he ascended into heaven. You're like, well, that's weird. He says it twice. Right, that's exactly but, what I thought. <laughs> it's like, no, he just, then you like read the, lyrics in the cd thing is like he just he just said what and then he was into hell what? <laughs> then seven yeah. years later when you're in high school and you're aware of like the apostles creed you look that up and you see it in there and you're like whoa that's that thing wait, wait a second yeah that's a weird thing send it into hell so i was looking up uh the creed because I, I guess i wanted to start there because that's where it Primarily well, so should from. we should we talk about like what we have like we're uh, we're live streaming on Facebook and uh, oh yes, YouTube yes. right now and so we have the YouTube channel and we are on iTunes now right Julian uh, yeah iTunes will be up in tomorrow it okay. should be up in it yeah uh, also Spotify. on Spotify already every episode is up on Spotify so if you have Spotify you can cool. listen to all of them as of now. So that's awesome. that's awesome. Uh, just look it up under the time and place. It's on there. You'll see the little logo. All the episodes of that. So that's fun. awesome. And we have an Instagram too now. So yes. And is that is at time and place time pod? Time and place pod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell who's running the Instagram. Yeah. And the Twitter too, right? Yeah. Yep. Also. Same. Okay. So we're on everything now, basically. So if you want to find yeah. a way to get a hold of us, we're on all of them. Only we're took us seven episodes. Fine. <laughs> I can't believe it's seven episodes. episodes. That's crazy. Is, seven? is this number seven? This is number eight, I think. We should wow. number that. We should they're, do like number five, number six, like all of them. They're, they're numbered on the podcast uh, streamer. Not on uh, – they might be numbered on uh, 
on uh, Spotify, it makes you put like season one, episode, whatever. So that that one hasn't been tracked. But okay, yeah, <clears throat> cool. Well, cool. Yeah. So did you already talk about like what we're talking about and kind of go through uh, a little bit? briefly? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be discussing. I mean, did, have you first of all have you ever heard any discussion of this in church at any point during time? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember any. Yeah, I don't remember this ever coming up in church. Uh, definitely not any sermon series, so I can't imagine there was ever any discussion of it. But the three three days and three nights, Jesus is in the tomb, dead. So yeah. where and what was he doing during those three days and three nights? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, what was going on? I don't know, is it controversial? I mean, it's weird because it, it, it is definitely one of those things that like, is, is shrugged off like well who cares he's he's risen he, he died and he rose again and so like what three days so what you know he, he was he was dead but the point is he's alive right what? you know and that's and that's true and right. that's true that we that that's the point that is what's the point it's not you know um if if jesus has was not dead for three days then your faith is useless. If it's 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 if he is not risen from the dead, your faith is useless. Right. right? So it, that's the turn. His resurrection is the uh, crux of, of Christianity, and but it's like okay, that one hundred percent. We one hundred percent agree with that. Mm-hmm. That you know, Christ's atonement on the cross, uh, crucifixion, right. crucifixion, his death for us, and his resurrection. That is uh, Christianity. Uh, but you know, this is, this is the time and place for those other things of like, well, what it, 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 that's in the Bible, the three days and three nights that's in the Bible. So what, why wasn't it just the next day? Why wasn't it a week later? Why wasn't mm-hmm. it, you know, what happened? What did he go straight to heaven? Possibly got the apostles creed saying he descended into hell. You know, it's like, well, what does that mean? So where, where was he during those three days? You know, cause I, I'm sure for the apostles, those three days were, in, in, incredibly stressful, incredibly like that, you know, that, I, I actually think about that a lot as far as like how the disciples saw his death and were like, this wasn't what it was supposed to be. This is mm. what he, this is our savior. This is our, this is the Messiah. This is what he, he, who he is. He was supposed to come save us. He was supposed to come take us out, deliver us like Moses. Moses didn't come into to Egypt. They let my people go, lead us out and then die. Mm-hmm. You know, he let us out and the, the Red Sea parted and he delivered us and Jesus is supposed to deliver us. Like, and now he's gone. And, and so I'm sure they were just thinking, you know, day one, day two, day three, you know, they're just, it gives you a lot of time, all those days of thinking, what is going on? This was, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. And not know? even just and, that he died too. It's that not only did he die, but one of our own guys turned on him. Like <laughs> what's, what's going to happen to us? Where, what, you know, the guards just yeah, showed up and right. took him. Where are we going to be? Yeah. Yeah. They dispersed and they're hiding and yeah, they're freaking out. And yeah, I'm sure those three days were a long three days for them. So yeah, let's talk about those three days. Cool. So um, first, first thing is uh, the apostles creed. I kind of want, I did a little dive on that cause I wanted to see like where, where the first, where did it come from? And the yeah. traditional, again, traditional uh, belief about it is that one apostle contributed each a uh, one line to the creed. So each one of the lines was contributed by one apostle. So you have like the 12 yeah. of them putting this together. Um, I couldn't find any actual. Yeah, let, me read, let, me, let, let me read it real quick. Just okay, so yeah, people know ahead. what we're talking about. So the apostles creed, the apostles creed is this, is this, um, a creed. It's just a kind of a, a thing that they, that people would read. The early church would read 
and it just kind of categorizes and kind of goes through everything that Christians believe. Uh, it says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, <laughs> maker of heaven and earth, in, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy, Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So that's that's the Apostles' Creed that, that was has been going, what, since like the 5th century and right. it, of the church. And people that's just like a creed that we've had. So, um, yeah, so that's just something. So, But part of that, he descended into hell. Okay, what is that? That's kind of part we're, of, the, of the Apostles' Creed we're focusing on tonight and so what's i guess this is kind of off topic but no, i mean it's not really because we're talking about a creed but can you explain i mean if you want to if you can the significance of like creeds and why why yeah. it's a thing that's stuck you know because we don't do that in the american church so much have creeds and yeah it's something that's more liturgical that as far as like so kind of more the structure of uh, sermons in, in churches. It's kind of like the confessions, I guess, how we have mm -hmm. like the 1689, uh, 1689 confession and like um, the uh, Westminster confession. And is it basically like just to categorize and sum up what we believe and, and really fit everything into it. So it's like, it, it just really just sums it up. It just really just kind of goes through it. Um, another one would be like the um, doxology. Right. Right. And so it's just kind of like, it's just a, like a credo, a creed. Like, it's just a, I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's just like a, like a song we would sing or like right. a mission statement or like, this is what we, it's a, it's the about section of a website. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to uh, some organization or something, there's the about, like, <laughs> what is this about? What do we believe? A, a summation we, of general beliefs that we all hold to and agree on as true. Yeah. So it's a good explanation. That That's kind of where the whole, descended into hell line comes from it's not where the idea comes from but it's where that phrasing comes from um mm -hmm. so the significance of that is that it, it was just kind of accepted for hundreds of years of christianity you just recited this and like yeah it's a true thing he descended into hell and now we don't have that connection with creeds and, and confessions anymore so it, I, I don't know how many people have heard it before you just read it right now so that mm -hmm. wording that phraseology sounds so strange and yeah. so blasphemous and also branches off some weird ideas about what does that mean? He was in hell, like hell, hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the apostles is the apostles creed, but the apostles never read this or never like said this, you know? So mm -hmm. that, that's something that, that should be cleared up is that this didn't come about to a couple hundred years after Christ died. Right. What uh, I was going to mention, they, the first uh, mention of this was a written mention of the Apostles' Creed, and it's not even the one that they say. Uh, it's yeah. just a mention of, a, of an Apostles' Creed, and that's in 390. Uh, the first written example isn't until 710. So it, it has no um, historical well, connection. In Yeah. yeah. The timelines I found okay. is 390 is when Descended into Hell was added. Or, okay. it's the first, or it's the first time Descended into Hell is seen in the Apostles' Creed, but it goes right. back. I'm looking at the earliest date is 280. Okay, so by by Arrhenius. Okay. So, so um, the one that that might be a, yeah. the, in the 390 letter that it mentions, it says that the creed that we say now is not the original, but a, a 
uh, yeah. addition to. So yeah, that's it, it has some history in the church basically, but we can't say definitively yeah. by any measure that this was written or said by the apostles. There's no right. evidence yeah. to link that. So just take that where you will. Yeah, I was looking at um, Wayne Gruden's uh, systematic theology. Said um, until there's no no mention of it descended into hell until it appeared in one of the two of two versions from Rufinus in AD 390. And it was not included again in any version of the creed until 650. <laughs> so you see one mention of it in two different versions from someone named Rufinus in AD 390. And then it was, it's not mentioned again at all. Just the phrase descended into hell until AD 650. So that's kind yeah, of crazy it, to think about how it just kind of <laughs> took off and everybody says it though. Yeah. You know I, mean? I guess from then it was, it was from 650. It was, it was there. And that was kind of, but I mean, that's, you know, 600 years after, you know, Christ. So right. That's pretty crazy that, you know, they have that. So, uh, I, what did y'all like, what did y'all find as far as, um, that, Hey, tonight's Passover. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Apparently yeah. tonight is Passover. So we're going to, we're, are we not like going to get any TO people on here? Or what? They're mad at me right now. Well, I would think that would make them come to yell at you, but I, I, I know, right? How dare you? It's Passover. <laughs> Aren't you now? Yeah, we can't even turn yeah. on the lights right now. Is, is yeah. Passover is Passover like a Sabbath where you can't do any work on that day? Or how does that work? Yeah, you're supposed to. That's how it was in the Bible. But it's no. also supposed to be on the full moon, which was yesterday. So I kind of wonder. I don't know. I mean, everyone's calendars are all different. Well, that's why they kind of celebrates different days. That's why they use the lunar calendar, right? So it always lines up, but I guess they don't really anymore. But the full moon was last night, so I don't, I don't know. So it's not even Passover anymore. Man, I'm reading, I'm reading this book about Alexander the Great right now, and it, he had so much power, and he did all these rituals according to all that whatever god he or whatever country he just conquered, he would like assume the priestly like. Oh yeah, your God sent me to like <laughs> do be your priest now and stuff like of Egypt and like everywhere. He became wow. Pharaoh and he became the priest. You know, just, he just like would adopt whatever religion he conquered. And there was a situation where like the God said, said something about like the it would it'd be at the end of the month. And so he literally changed the calendar to be a month a day longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, that is power. You're right, you can pull that move when you're the priest and also the emperor. You can make it. Yeah, right? like, Oh yeah, no, there's 31 days. <laughs> like, all right, awesome. there you go. Just change the calendar. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So Passover, yeah. So that's today. Um, do we want to talk about that at all? I mean, as, as kind of Easter is approaching, that's why we're doing this as well. We want to kind of stay topical with this is the last Wednesday before Easter, so uh, we kind of wanted to do something for Easter. But you know, we were thinking like, well, what 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 are we try to look at when we're deciding a topic. We're trying to we try to look at what your church might be talking about, and then find the fringe topics kind of around that. So of course it's Easter, so we're talking about probably a Good Friday service um, or Good Friday live stream service <laughs> and parking uh, lot service. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Sunday service. Uh, Apology will be in church, so you know they don't worry about them. But um, so we're kind of thinking like, well, what about those three days in between? Uh, you know, the, the the crucifixion and the resurrection, those don't really get talked about. So that's why we're talking about this right now as, as Easter is coming up and that, that whole weekend. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we're talking about tonight, just those three days. And part of the Apostles' Creed with that was descended into hell. So that's one of the theories of what happened during during that time is that 
Christ descended into hell. Do y'all have the scripture for that as far as like where that's coming from or what people, where people get that idea from? Because I have yeah. it somewhere if y'all have it on hand. Uh, yeah, first. Go ahead. Go ahead. First, first Peter 3, 18 through 19. Yeah. And then Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. And I have my scribbly notes, but I didn't write down the verses. So do you want to read them off, Julian? Yeah, let me pull them up. First Peter 3. So one of the yep. other things. I have, oh, I have, have this one. Yeah, I have one. Okay. First uh, Peter 3, 18 through 19. This is why I need to write my notes so I can read them. <laughs> for Christ also <laughs> suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. And then I did not write the Ephesians first down. So if you have that one. Okay, let me grab that one. Uh, I, I four, think, eight, I, nine. Yeah, while you're looking that up, I think one thing that kind of surprised me looking through all this was, I mean, I guess I've heard about over time people talking about how there's like, um, Good gosh, I just went blank. Uh, Sheol and right. Hell mm, yes, and yeah. Tartarus, but I guess I never really realized. I got the a ton of notes on that, so we'll get into all that. Yeah, Hades, so that was, that was Gehenna, my biggest. Yeah, yeah, that, that was my biggest. Like, aha so uh, this this other one, DMV, First Peter yeah. four eight and nine. Uh, Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions. The earth. So that's really like kind of the only two verses that give any kind of insight into what was happening in between, between the, the death and resurrection. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the last one in Ephesians kind of gives you the framework is what they mean when they say hell. Um, so I guess we can start there. Let's talk about the, the three hells and why yeah. they not only one of them means what we mean when we say hell. Right. Yeah. When we come across, he descended into hell. Okay, we understand what we need to understand what that means, right? right? So there's there's different understandings uh, of of hell because when we say the word hell, we think like a fire. We right. think devil and pitchfork, eternal suffering, torment, punishment of sinners, uh, that whole thing. So that's hell to us, right? But there was different understandings as far as um, death and hell and mm -hmm. like the land of the dead or the the, right. the, the, the realm of the dead and just like the abyss or the pit. Mm -hmm. And so those are different sort of different concepts and used differently and they can mean different things. Mm -hmm. So you said you had notes on that or. Yeah. Or yeah. So I, I took a deep dive on that. Cause that's the, the, like I said, those two verses are kind of the only verses that we get about what he was doing during those days, but mm -hmm. you can kind of extrapolate what they're saying from that. So um, the first one that kind of breaks down is, is Sheol and or Hades. They're used interchangeably. Um, anytime mm -hmm. in the, the Septuagint, when it was translating the Hebrew into the Greek, whenever it said Sheol, it would translate to Hades. So you can use them interchangeably. Um, other okay. verses that are kind of, other words that are kind of used for that are the pit, the grave. Um, and it generically is just the place where anybody who dies goes. So, so I just want to, I just want to make the distinction. Cause I've, I've thought that Hades was the same as hell. And you're saying that it's not. Not in, not in the sense right. of the lake of fire, right? Right, the so, lake of fire. Right. Sheol and Hades are basically just when you die, that's where you go. And the idea was that it was mm -hmm. below the ground in the center of the earth. Uh, one of the early mentions is the, the uh, in Numbers, uh, chapter 16, 31 and 33, the group who opposed Moses under Korah, it says that the earth opened up and they fell into Sheol. So 
uh, all through the Old Testament, there's the idea of going down into Sheol. When Samuel uh, is called up by the medium at Endor, he comes up from the ground to talk to Saul. So the idea, when Paul says he descended into the lower parts of the earth, in the Jewish idea, Sheol was down in the earth. So generically, that's just the place where anybody who dies goes. There's no um, connotation of punishment or reward there. It's just that it does have an idea of being forgotten or forsaken. Um, that idea is kind of put in there. Uh, David talks about that a lot in the Psalms when he mentions uh, that the Lord did not forget his soul in the grave or in the pit or in Sheol. So that idea that once you're dead, you're forgotten from memory, that kind of carries over. Um, the other one, and that we are typically talking about when we talk about hell, is Gehenna. That's the lake of fire. That's the final judgment. That's burning day and night. Um, that So that one, I he looked up a little bit. That one has to do with an actual place, the Valley Gehenna, which is the Valley of Henna or the Sons of Henan. Uh, it was a place that was used by the Romans during the first century as a crematorium. So that's where you kind of get the idea of the dead being burned there. Uh, it was also used as like a garbage heap before that for the Jews. And it was also a place where child sacrifice took place by the wicked kings uh, during the Old Testament period. So if you read in Chronicles, it talks about how various kings sacrificed their children there. So the idea of being burned alive is attached to that place. So yeah. that's where you get that idea of like day and night torment and fire. Um, it's is, is that is that trend? That's hell. So like if when, the, when hell, the Bible, okay, when the so when the Bible would say hell, they're talking about Gehenna. It was talking right. about fire. Right. That's when you when you get okay. to the end in Revelation where he's talking about how uh, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. That's Gehenna. Uh, I think too, when you're reading in Matthew, whenever Jesus talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth and being thrown out into the outer darkness, it carries that idea of being thrown into. So it's a, it's a place of punishment and torment. There's no idea of just everybody goes there. Um, yeah. And I think I was going to say, I think Ernie, yeah. I think Ernie made a really good point when he said, um, eternal separation from God after time ends, because like in hell, like we always think fire and all that, all that kind of stuff, which is awful, but the biggest thing is like we are eternally separated from god which is a oh, yeah. big thing i think it took me a long time to realize that 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 was going to be the main torture and not necessarily anything else was complete and total separation mm. from him right yeah. moment, Ernie. and this this is like this is something that um kind of like a little side note i think to that just kind of the idea of, of going to hell um i know doug wilson talks about how he th we think he thinks that going people going to hell they because we have this idea like oh well then they'll know then they'll know they're wrong mm -hmm. then they'll know that uh there is a god and that christ was real and they'll know everything that the bible said was true once they're in hell and they'll be sorry and they'll be mm -hmm. you know and they'll be dragged off screaming trying to bang on the doors of heaven into hell you know kind of thing i i don't I don't think it's that quite, I don't think that's the case. I, and, and that's what I think Doug Wilson has like, so he's written, he's has some things written about this as well of like, um, they, they think they're right. Still, they think, no, you're not, that's not right. That you're not, that's not correct. All the way into hell, all the way into like, even, even at judgment, they still, they're still thinking they're right. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're still re rejecting God all the way to hell. And I kind of think of it as like, um, uh, Gollum and Lord of the Rings, mm. and when he when he finally gets the ring and he falls into Mount Doom into the into the lava and he's smiling and he's clutching the the ring and he's happy and he's he's got it and then he burns and so I think that is like a smile on her face. They're well, like, uh, yes, I've achieved it right into hell, right into destruction. R.C. Sproul talked about 
uh, Roman Catholic Sproul talked about how. <laughs> did you see? You see your mom. Yeah, I did. <laughs> the, uh, That's your mom, right? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Ernie, or, yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, not Ernie. <laughs> RC Sproul Church. <laughs> the uh, the gnashing of teeth can imply um, pain, but it can also imply anger. So RC put out the idea that the people who are in hell are not sorry for what they did. They're angry oh, wow. that they don't think they deserve to be there, which I think is an interesting yeah. way to look at it. You know, I always thought about it as the gnashing of teeth is like the, the agony and the pain. And that's true, but yeah. also the idea of like, who are you to put me here? Like, I yeah. don't belong here. So. I don't deserve this. And, right. and I think it's important to understand, too, as we're talking about hell and being in hell, the, uh, the, the, the story of, uh, well, I don't even know if it's a parable, but like the story of, uh, what the rich man in hell of he's telling. Yes. So before they, we get there, let me let me uh, tell this right. last part of hell because I want I, I think okay. it might yeah, tie in, but I don't know if it does. So the other yeah. um the other mention of hell is Tartarus. That's the other one. It's only used one time, and it's used by Peter, uh, where he talks about the spirits who did not obey Noah in Second Peter, or did not obey during the time of Noah, that were cast into eternal darkness. Yeah. Uh, Tartarus is yes. the idea of the prison place. For souls. So in Greek mythology, Tartarus is where Cronus locked up the giants, but then after Zeus freed them, he locked up mm. the Titans in Tartarus. Uh, the Greek concept was that as far as Earth is away from heaven, Tartarus is away from Earth. So it's deeper than even Hades. It's the deepest level of Hades. It's as bad cool. as it can get. Um, so I don't know if, it, speaking of the parable you were just going to tell, Sheol, uh, and one thing we didn't talk about in Sheol is the idea of Sheol with a two compartment place where you had the good side abraham's bosom paradise and you had the bad side which was the part where you were tormented and in the middle is a big gulf it talks about how there's a chasm between them um mm. i don't know if this is uh, correct but i've heard it explained one time is tartarus is the chasm between the two it's the bottomless pit <laughs> which again i don't know if that ties into the idea of uh, the bottomless pit that abaddon or apollyon unlocks in the the demons come out of in revelation yeah. but th that idea it's a bottomless pit it's a prison it's not meant for it doesn't seem to be meant for people it seems to be meant as a prison for spirits mm. if, if that makes sense yeah. so but yeah let's get into that parable of the or not even parable story of the rich man yeah um gosh i forget where it's at but he's talking about how uh is this man in sheol saying uh tell my relatives that uh that it's true. Tell them that that God is, that is the one true God, and that you know to follow Him. And um, he says they have the law and the prophets. If they did not believe on earth, they would not believe if you know they saw Him. So it's like we have everything today on earth now to believe in God. Hmm. It's it's creation revealing Him, um, revealing that there is a God. You know Romans one, um, and the, the evidence for God is is through the creation around us. It's through scripture. It's through the law. It's it's uh, it's everything. So we were created very our very image. We're created in the image of God. So the yeah. so so that we are all without excuse. Right. So there can never be anyone who gets to heaven and says, "I well, I didn't know. I just didn't hear. I never even heard about. It. I never heard the right sermon, or no one told me. You know." And that that that's just not the case. That everyone knows that there is a God, and in our unrighteousness, we reject that and exchange the truth for a lie. You know the whole Romans two thing, right? Of of that. So uh, yeah, I think that's really important to to understand as we're talking about um, talking about hell and choice and going to hell and um, all that. Just like 
yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So but, uh, Ernie said that's not found in scripture, and I, I'm just, I, I think I'm kind of confused because what I thought you meant, Julian, was like he used Tartarus to kind of illustrate what it was like for the angels that were locked up. Was so, I wrong on that? It was what he's saying. Yes, that I mean, that's what I'm getting. He's using. The word Tartarus is not what appears. It's the verb form Tartar. cast into Tartarus. So it's the idea that they were cast into a prison. Um, so uh, my understanding is that he was using a an, an, uh, picture that they would all understand to describe something that they maybe are not familiar with. So, if, for instance, if he said Tartarus, just from the context of, of culture, you know what that is like, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, same thing with Hades. Like if you describe Hades to a Greek, they know what you're talking about. It's a place where dead people go. Like they all have that common concept. So when they use those words – that's what they're trying to paint a picture of to illustrate. Um, so of those three, the, the only one that I think you can make a, a good argument that Jesus went to for those three days and nights is Sheol. I, I don't think there's any. I know there's uh, the idea that in the prosperity gospel mainly that Jesus went to hell like Gehenna, that he suffered for three days and nights as part of the atonement and then was re- basically born again and resurrected. Yeah. Um, but I think scripturally you can only make the argument that he was in Sheol. And I think there's a pretty good case for it. So, uh, Ooh, really? Can so, I Oh, just being dead. You mean in the state of being dead? Right. Yeah. Yo, well, being in Sheol in Abraham's bosom, I would say. Yeah. What were you going to um, say? Adam? Yeah, no. So I was just reading the comments. Ernie said that messengers, they were human messengers, celestial angels can't sin. But in Jude 1 through 6, it says, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority Bingo. but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. All right, that's, so, a, that's an assumption that angels can't sin. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he has a scriptural argument you can make for it, but I'm not sure. That's that's a lot of assuming, I think. Uh, and I think that's a misconception of angels, too, because we just imagine there's angels and demons, but, like, spiritual being, angel is just angelos, messenger. Any yeah. kind of me person, any kind of messenger can be an angel. Um, but the idea of a spirit creature is not limited to angel, demon. It's spirit creature. So, yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, so one of the big ones, one of the big scriptural supports for uh, – Jesus being in Sheol is when he mentions that he gives them the, the, the only sign they'll receive is a sign of the prophet Jonah. And that just as Jonah spent three days and nights in the whale, uh, the son of man yeah. spent three days and nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah describes being in the whale as being in Sheol. So he yeah. talks about being at the roots of the mountains, how he was in Sheol for those three days, uh, darkness encompassed him. And he goes with that idea of being down into the earth, like down at the bottom. Um, talk about how on the cross he said to the thief today you'll be with me in paradise paradise being down in sheol where the the lazarus where lazarus went when he died and yeah. the rich man was on the opposite side um an interesting yeah. and this is a side note an interesting thing that doug wilson pointed out one of the things that maybe changed after the ascension is that in pre-ascension they talk about sheol even the good part being down below down in the earth but when Paul talks about going up to be with when he was caught up in the spirit in the spirit or in reality, he doesn't know which. But when he was caught up in his vision of the third heaven, he was caught up. So yeah. uh, there, there seems to be a cosmo possibly this is Doug Wilson's speculation, a cosmological cosmological change in the very nature of reality. Like she, the paradise went from down below to up above with the Lord, which is where you get to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So like there's a switch yeah. that happens there.
And, and I could see that with, you know, him saying, I go and prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, wasn't that already made? You know, and then and we also have, you know, the idea of the new heaven and the new earth that is to come. So there is, there's no, I could, I could see that there being reason to believe that uh, like the heavenly realms and like the, the afterlife can change or can uh, enter different stages or, or whatever. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's that whole weird um, kind of not, also not talked about part in Matthew where, uh, we always talk about how when Jesus died, the curtain was ripped between the Holy of Holies. But the mm-hmm. other thing that happened was that some of the dead saints came back to life and went yeah. into the city and yeah. talked, and they were seen by people. So this and it's like Jesus, just a handful. It's, it's weird. It's not. It's just it, we read that actually tonight in Matthew. Yeah, it's weird. It's not like oh these these saints. It's like no. It's like just kind of like some went up. Yeah, just general so saints. It's <laughs> like they caught. It kind of caught some of the. <laughs> that's so, do y'all believe that that's discussing the first resurrection talked about in Revelation? Uh, no, I think it was more of so. The way I was looking at it, it looks kind of like his death and his what's coming, his resurrection, kind of like cracked the hold that death had on humanity, and like just yeah. some of those saints like, like punched through. You know, like the the I don't know. I I wouldn't call it the first resurrection i don't know i like they slipped in the door yeah right like it was just like (laughs) reality got cracked for a second and they were like whoa we're here what's going on (laughs) Uh, but i mean we get no other information on it than that just (laughs) and some of the saints also came to life and then walked around and people saw them and then he jumps back in the significance to it other than that like death being conquered right yeah and that's another thing when when john sees him in revelation he has the key to uh death and hades so Representing the conquering of not only the grave but of death as a concept, like he has not, the keys now. He's in not control. literal keys, right? Right, I, right. <laughs> I definitely feel like it's the first revelation of the first resurrection. I mean, really, just like an yeah. offhand kind of like no, no, like okay, because we know like in Revelation, it's talking about the the first resurrection of the saints, right? That's the only resurrection other than Christ that happened. Well, that's the only literal resurrection. So if we take in Revelation literally, yeah. But I, as far as I understood, the first resurrection was the 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 elect being saved, like being born, like uh, like sort of like our baptism being the metaphorical resurrection of the saints with with Christ, and that's like first yeah, resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. First resurrection is Christ and us with Him, and then final resurrection of the saints, of the final conquering of death after His reign on earth. So a bodily resurrection of the saints, all the saints. So it's like, so the first resurrection was just some saints. I would say that the first resurrection is the metaphorical, you know, reborn, that rebirth that we have, you know, resurrecting from the grave in our baptism with Christ. You know, we died with him in death, resurrected with him in life when we're saved. So what do do you think that it means if it's just, if it's not literal when it says they were beheaded? Who? Okay. Then I saw on the thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And also I saw the th- souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years was ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. 
The beheading, I'm not sure. I mean, I would assume that would be the, the martyrs. And, yeah, I take it as a general martyrdom in the first century church. Yeah, and that, but not of that every saint. So not all the saints would be beheaded. But another, yeah, another topic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the the spirits that are under the altar that are saying, "How long until our blood is avenged?" And just a little while longer. Just a little while longer. <laughs> so um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, other topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the, those few references where he talks about um, going down into the earth, down into the grave, down into the pit. And in Acts, uh, when Paul mentions that uh, you would not let his, his flesh see corruption nor abandon his soul to Hades uh, yeah. is a quotation from Psalms where Paul, uh, where David uses the word Sheol. So you get Sheol, Hades interchangeable right there. And that so, can mean the so and Sheol can simply mean, mean simply, uh, my notes here, simply the grave or death. Right. The state of being dead. Right. Just being like, dead. So and just be being dead. Right. And I, I note here the NIV translates, uh, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor right. will you let your holy one see decay. So it's not, you know, you know, they'll leave my soul in hell. That's right. King James Version. Neither will I suffer thine holy one to be see corruption. The NIV is translated because translates it because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see decay. That's thing, that, that's a that's a big difference. Of like you will not abandon me to hell, you, you let my soul stay in hell, and you will not abandon me to the grave. That's a very different understanding from KJV to NIV, right? Yeah. Of what those mean there. So that, well, I mean, it's cultural too. Like the the people who would have been reading the KJV at the time, I think would have had an understanding of like Hades as a concept. Whereas now we don't really like if you ask somebody. I think so. If, I think they were reading classics. You know, I don't think. Oh, you, you think mean like. Hundreds of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like back oh, when okay. the King James yeah. was translated, like they would have had think, that. Whereas I don't think our, now, gran our grandparents reading KJV no. <laughs> or anything about <laughs> No, and I don't think now, if you ask somebody to describe Hades, I don't think they could. No, like the guy from Hercules, the Disney movie, the blue guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. James Woods? James Woods, it was James Woods. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that one. That's the one, uh, one of the Disney movies I never saw was Hercules. Were you not allowed wow. to see it because it was? I wasn't evil. allowed to see it. It was gods. Hercules, Hercules. I, uh, I got. You remember McDonald's when that came out? They had the plates. Yeah. That was the toy they gave out. I got one. Yes, of, I had those plates. The McDonald's plates. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's I got plate. one with his little sidekick guy, the little stage here. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, it just Danny DeVito animated. And uh, <laughs> I was not allowed to keep that plate because I was like, this is too demonic. <laughs> That's a centaur. No, you can't have yeah, it. You can't have that. Also, Whatever. we just watched uh, Onward yesterday. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. I've never heard like of that. It was, it was supposed to come out in theaters, but then this happened. It's a new Pixar movie. It's like yeah. on streaming. It's on Disney+. It's pretty Plus. good. It's surprisingly good. Yeah. I'm so ready well, I mean, for the Trolls Pixar. movie. This is totally right. off subject. But the Trolls Tro movie with all the all the different music and they like never all going to the Trolls. Oh, my Trolls gosh. Is I didn't watch the first one, but like this one about robots. music was so good. No, 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 no. Did you feel like Roblox? No, GoBots. Oh, GoBots is the off-brand of the real. The <laughs> <laughs> Transformers be a GoBots. No, Trolls yeah. is banned in our house. There's no Trolls yeah. here. No Trolls. Yeah, well, this it's one looks good. Really they have, like, rock and roll Trolls and rap Trolls and, like, That's uh, just so they can move merchandise. You're, you're falling like, right into their point. <laughs> Julian. Did you ever? They have, did you ever, they have my chemical romance trolls. That's not true. I don't believe that. Oh my like, gosh! Like the little dolls, like the little with the weird hair. <laughs> they look uh, like each guy. Yeah. The the we're, we're, wasn't, there, wasn't there something weird about those with their little dual belly buttons? Yeah, like yeah. Craft or something. 
I know there's some kind of controversy. There's or, always some kind of. Did you have a fundamentalist Baptist? Uh, <laughs> they know how to. A Pokemon is evil. Dude, that was the worst one. Evil. We gotta do. We gotta do one, one episode about that. Of just like the evils of, of well, mainstream mean, cultures. <laughs> Everything's the devil. Pokemon's the devil. That was the yeah. worst. I never got over that one. That ruined a whole <laughs> ten years for me. That reminds me of the mom on what is it? The mom on Waterboy. Waterboy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mama, it's the devil. I, I invented electricity. Ben Franklin's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's that, no, that's accurate. Did you ever work at the uh, Universal City Heroes and Fantasies? Uh, no, store? I never. I went there, but I never worked at that one. So I used to work there like every Sunday, and the only bathroom was like in the way back in the like, stock room behind everything. And uh, there was this tiny little prison bathroom. It was terrible. It was like a dim light <laughs> and like cinder block walls. And it was like really terrible. And it was, you know, you, you the, the toilet was like facing the door. Uh-huh. So if you, if you had to sit, you would shut the door. And on the back of the door was a gigantic zoomed in poster of a troll doll. so it's like this of a troll doll like with the hair sticking up in this like dungeon bathroom just watching you like yeah i remember like fantastic i remember those trolls those trolls were all troll dolls always with a little green hair Yes, the like yeah. weird hair. It was just like a photograph, zoomed in poster of that. <laughs> they weren't as bad. They weren't as bad as the Cabbage Patch Babies. Oh those, yeah, those were bad. Those guys that <laughs> demons and started eating shit. <laughs> oh, so I've been listening to this podcast called Convicted or Conviction, mm. uh, and it's like a true crime one. And oh yeah. Season two is about the Satanic Panic. And oh, okay. all the yeah, it's really good about how like. A couple oh, of crazy people. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really good. If you got it's like eight episodes long, it's worth to listen to. But yeah. it kind of talks about all this Dungeons and Dragons and all that good stuff. Do you remember, Abby? I don't know if you grew up with like <laughs> very bad contemporary Christian music. Do you remember the Carmen video where the <laughs> the warlock invites him to his house? No. <laughs> Those videos got scary, dude. So Those videos were weird. Carmen is like this super Italian middle-aged man who he had one name, Carmen. That was it. He went by one name, yeah. Well, one name. Extremely handsome Italian man. I heard so I heard rumor that he had a tanning bed on his tour bus. I can't say for sure that's true, but that's what I heard. 100 percent So he he has a song about how he got a letter in the mail from a warlock inviting him to his house for a conversation. And when he walks in, he casually throws out like what's in the warlock's house. Like he's got this and that. And one of the things he mentions that always makes me laugh is Dungeons and Dragons, just casually strewn about. He had like, Dungeons and Dragons on his <laughs> In the late 80s, that was the gateway to hell, Dungeons and Dragons. There was an Adventures in Odyssey about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it turns out uh, Dungeons and Dragons is just a really boring game. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hell yeah. at all. It is extremely boring. I mean, as soon as video game, as soon as like um, World of Warcraft came, it's basically World of Warcraft with pencil and paper yeah. on a board game. And it's like, as soon as those video games came out, how in the world did Dungeons and Dragons survive? 
Because that's like everybody playing Dungeons and Dragons wanted to play something like World of Warcraft. And they did. Oh, man. Do you see, I like, remember Avalon. That was great. Yes, I do. Paris. I used to see Avalon all the time, okay? Okay, we're Paris. for sure doing Christian music next time because that's oh, great. We're going to have a whole. We're going to karaoke Avalon. My mom was like in love with Carmen. She like thought she's like she was she loved him. She was in love he's with him. He's a handsome man. He's yeah, like, she was my, like my favorite was, when you mom, rap. Like, I'm gonna go to a Carmen concert and he's gonna see me. Oh and my god. <laughs> <laughs> His rapping is the best. That's the best. Addicted to Jesus or whatever other ones he would do. That was he awesome. He had one he had one that was like about it's called like No Monsters. Like, yeah, no, I remember that one. It was like, you know, not living in a in, you know God does not give a spirit of fear, but it's not mine. And he's talking about just don't fear anything and there's monsters. But he would go through like these horror movie uh, characters and it was it was scary. There was one that was like from the 50s and it's this uh, like couple stranded on the side of the road and it's all like old black and white, you know, film. And then that's like prison inmate comes at them and chases them. And I remember watching, it was like freaking me out as a kid. It was pretty scary. There was like this, uh yeah, my mom. I was supposed to marry. <laughs> she could have been Mrs. Carmen. We don't have a last name. You can even be, be Mrs. Carmen. She could be Mrs. Carmen. I would have loved that. to see your life Mrs. if Carmen, Carmen was your dad. That would have been awesome. Carmen, my stepdad. You oh would like pop the door after he raised you. Uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like with my shirt open with like gold chains. Just too many oh. buttons. Do you remember when he made the movie where he was a boxer? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh man, that was in the. We saw that in the theater. That was a family event. <laughs> he had one. He had one where it was like a. It was like a Mission Impossible. It was called Mission Three Sixteen. <laughs> it was, it was Mission Three Sixteen. It was like a whole Mission Impossible. Oh, like, thank God thing. for Tooth and Nail Records. That saved <sighs> me so much grief. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Back wow. to the topic. He's got uh, a last name. Lisa Dello. That's not his last name. <laughs> That's for. He doesn't have a last name for tax purposes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be taxed on love offerings if you don't have a last name. Liziardello. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the guys that one of the guys that John Travolta had to dance against in Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. Mom, it was Michael somebody. She's asking me who was the male Christian singer. And I was Michael W. Smith. Too. Is it Michael W. Smith? No. Oh. no. No, nope. I'm gonna think about it, Mom. I'll have to get back to you on that. Michael W. Smith and Michael Tate were the only ones that mattered. Any other Michaels were subpar. It was like to hear with my heart, to see with my soul. <laughs> I remember in church having to do the little motions to hear with my heart. <laughs> it's like Veggie Tales. Oh, Veggie Tales was great. Might have been. <laughs> Michael, no. God, we got to do a whole, name. a whole vacation no. Bible school one too. That was great. <laughs> yeah. So All right. it, back it, to hell with back to yeah. hell. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Carmen. Speaking of hell, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> music that that was playing in Sheol is just Carmen over and over again. <laughs> that's the gnashing of teeth. Carmen oh, concert. So that, that's an interesting thing too. Um, what I what I did find too, kind of in doing the dig, that the Jews had the idea of Gehenna as a sort of purgatory. That oh, you, yeah, you could get out of it after being purified. So that definitely is a 
a, a proof text for mm -hmm. purgatory. Um, yeah, First Peter 3, 18-20, put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark. So that's like this second chance idea. Right. Hell, right. right. So like prison, hell is like a prison waiting area and like, look, they got a second chance and he <laughs> preached to them. And so like this, this offering a second chance to repent or something, but that's not that's right. Not That's not the concept I got at all. I got the idea of preaching. Uh, who who put this out? I forget which which professor I was listening to from Southern Seminary uh, was talking about how the word used. No, it might have been Wilson. Uh, the word used for preach there is not evangelia. It's Caruso, which is a different type it's, of preaching. It, it's a it's a it's a declaration of victory. Right. right. It's like um, it's not it's not like here here here's the gospel. Reach out to it. It's right. It. Uh, I've won. This is yeah. the victory cause, the victory lap. It's not a lap right. around the, the right. It's a victory lap. The race Especially because once again, Peter mentioned mentions the the spirits that did not obey in the time of Noah. So it's yeah. going back to that Genesis six. We're talking about not people. We're talking about spirit beings. So it's kind of him saying, uh, it, it's kind of ultimate condemnation. It's like, yeah, everything was accomplished. <clears throat> well, there's no hope. <laughs> so I, the, some of the notes I have about that about First Peter three nineteen through twenty. Um, comes from Augustine, yeah, how he kind of explained it. Like this, like this is a satisfying explanation of that of of First Peter three nineteen through twenty. Um, Augustine the, it says the passage refers not to something Christ did between his death and resurrection, but to what he did quote in the spiritual realm of existence or through the spirit at the time of Noah, when Noah was building the ark, Christ in spirit was preaching through Noah to the hostile unbelievers around him. <laughs> So this view gains support from two other statements from Peter. In 1 Peter 1.11, he says uh, that the spirit of Christ was speaking in the Old Testament prophets, right? So this suggests that Peter could readily have thought that the spirit of Christ was speaking through Noah as well, when in 2 Peter 2.5, he calls Noah a, quote, preacher of righteousness. Right. And I'm not be using that kerex, like I said, that it comes from the same root as the verb preached, um, which is ekerexen. In First uh, Peter three nineteen, so it seems likely that when Christ preached to the spirits in prison, he did so through Noah in the days before the flood. So Christ preached through Noah, were uh, were, were unbelievers on the earth. The people whom, whom Christ preached through Noah were unbelievers on the earth at the time of Noah. But Peter calls them spirits in prison because they are now in the prison of hell. Mm. So, and, and he mentions it as like saying, uh, "I knew President Clinton when he was <clears> in college." So, meaning he wasn't President Clinton in college. Right. He, I, I knew him. He's President Clinton now, but I knew him in college. But you would say, I know President Clinton when he was in college. But mm. he wasn't President Clinton then, but he is now. So that's how I'm referring to him. But right. I knew him before. And so that is kind of an understanding of, of how that, you know, spirits in prison um, that were spoken to in the days of Noah, that were preached right. through, through Noah by the Spirit of Christ. To so that's and that's who Ernie's saying are the angels, right? That's why he's well, yeah, he's saying they're not I angels. I, I think I'm finally getting what he's saying. Right, those they're people. people that were okay. Yeah, yeah. So that this is um, I guess that gets into a weird spot too because it's the whole Genesis six thing, the sons of God, daughters of men. I don't know where Ernie, what position he takes. Um, I don't know. Does did Augustine ever say anything about Genesis six? What his his take on it was? Because there's like the two main I thoughts. Know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there is that idea. Well, yeah, we'll have to go. We'll have to do a, a, a thing on like the Nephilim and yeah. and the Son of God and all that. It's and there's because, not a lot to dig into on that either. It's that one. That's all you get, you know. 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, there, so uh, Michael Heiser uh, yes. is, is a very interesting character because mm-hmm. he's, a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a writer, a current right. writer today, and he's a, a Hebrew scholar, a Hebrew language scholar. And, so, and he helped put together the Logos Bible yeah. software and stuff. So he knows, he knows what he's talking about as far as the translating Hebrew. But I think what his whole approach is let's look at the Old Testament, let's look at the Bible, or at least the Old Testament and, and Genesis and things, as a, a Israelite or a Hebrew would then. Right. You know, and my question is why? You know, because it's like, and they, they had a concept of other gods as like being real. You know, and right. that their God was the God, and but these other gods were real. Right. This kind of what we're talking about with people online about mm-hmm. Asha and Easter and, and right. the pagan gods and things. And and he he approaches it kind of like that of like, no, we can't do that because that's that's to that God. It's like that mm-hmm. God doesn't exist. You're mm-hmm. you're not. You can do that. It's not. You can make a bonfire because those gods don't exist, right? So and but he but Michael Heiser's approach is like let's look at it as an ancient person would look at the old testament but i but i, I honestly i don't think that's appropriate for christians to do totally because we have christ to, to read the old testament through and right. as christians i think we should see the old testament in light of christ in light of the new testament so cuz all, all this stuff's pointing to christ right. so yeah, I think that's it's kind of a different approach. But he has some interesting ideas as far as the council of God and the gods, mm-hmm. council of the gods and the heavenly beings and well, I, the gods it, and the Nephilim and what they are and all that. There's a, there's him and him and Dr. White got into a, not I want to got into it, but had a little scuffle about it online because Heiser holds to the the yeah. heavenly council concept, White doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Dr. White made a good point that when Jesus um Quotes the psalm about I have said to your gods, which Heiser says is about spirit beings, the heavenly council. Jesus points yeah. out that the people he's talking to are those to whom the word of God came. Well, who did the word of God come to? It came to the Israelites. The Psalm so, 82, right? Right, Psalm like, 82, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. White is saying, I understand where you're coming from, but the the interpretation that Jesus uses is those to whom the word of God came, which would be yeah. the Israelite judges, not spirit beings. Yeah, and 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 Dr. White is fairly familiar with Psalm 82 because <laughs> his ministry with Mormons, because Mormons right. will, will yes. look at that and say, and say, when Jesus quotes Psalm 82, it says, haven't I called you gods? Right. You know, why, why, why are you <laughs> freaking out about when I say I'm the son of God? I haven't I called you gods? He's right. mocking them because, and, and they knew that they understood that. I'm, I'm sure Stephen George Hetherington might have some stuff <laughs> to say about this too, like kind of getting old Testament stuff. But um, so, yeah, so he understood that of the gods uh, being, like a mocking of like the the Israelite leaders back then right. not acting in the in the office of authority as they should have been. You know, they were judging uh hypocritically. Because uh, right. it's funny to take a Mormon to Psalm eighty two and be like, <laughs> you don't want to be like them. <laughs> He's gonna say like, see, we can ascend to we can um climb up to the exaltation to become gods one day ourselves. It's like, and if you're using Psalm 82 for that, right. that's, you don't want to be there. That's not what you're talking about. None of these people are doing right to become gods. They're, he's mocking them saying you're putting the office of God and you're failing. You're a hypocrite. So but that's the yeah. second half. I, I have said to your gods, but you shall die like man. That's the part that gets yeah. left off when they quote that. The don't, don't like that part. Of that. <laughs> Just the first half. That's all we need. Here we're gods. Done. Close the book. We're done. We're so another, another interesting one too was, uh, that, Oh man, this was from Southern Seminary, and I wish I got the guy's name, and I didn't. I don't think it was Gentry, and not Ken Gentry. It was a different Gentry. Uh, um, Southern. 
he was <laughs> he was saying uh, <laughs> the verse in Ephesians that when it says that he took uh, captive, that he takes it to mean that like set the captive free. No, like, he takes it to mean a different thing that Christ took captive some of the enemies that would oppose the church that was just established. Hmm. So in, in in essence, his like ascension, like literally, yeah, like, like the spirits oh. that would oppose the church on earth. So essentially, hmm. like his ascension didn't just um, secure salvation, but it also cleared the pathway for the success and and of the church and victory of the church ultimately. So Christ's victory cleared the way for the victory of the church that was coming essentially is the way he took that to me. Whereas I've always heard, like you were saying, you know, took captive that the spirits in Sheol he yeah. took with him to be with the father, which we don't yeah. get a lot on it. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I first heard that, but without doing any sort of study, when I first heard like he descended into hell, what I, th- I, I thought uh, that made, that made sense because he's supposed to take our place. Right. And we deserve hell. And so I thought somebody could effectively be crucified on a cross and tortured exactly the way Jesus was. Right. And so like, why, what would be the difference between that person and Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? And the difference of course would be that he's, sinless and that he's the right. and that he's the only sinless person ever so he's the only one who could die in any way for us as a sacrifice as a perfect sacrifice so it wasn't only the way he died but just the fact that he was sinless the way he lived as well so he he he, he fulfilled the law how we couldn't he was sinless he was crucified put to death and rose from the dead and but the hell part was like well he didn't go to hell and we deserve hell. We don't deserve a, a crucifixion on a cross. We deserve hell. And, oh, maybe. It's so, so fussy. That's okay. It's good. Um, so, yeah, we don't deserve a crucifixion on the cross. We deserve hell, right? Right. And so, but he didn't go to hell. And so, right. but so that's why I thought, like, okay, maybe he did go to hell and suffered hell for us, not just suffered death for us, but suffered hell for us and then ascended into heaven so that so made sense with no study with no right. like just hearing it like okay i guess that kind of makes sense and i think that was actually john calvin's uh understanding of that. I, from what i understand because um wilson brought it up calvin in the institutes calvin talks about how the hell was the agony of the cross so i want to bring up an old comment because it kind of gets into that uh this okay. one here uh, descended into hell as referring to Christ's pain and humiliation prior to his death, and his humiliation had a spiritual dimension as part of God's judgment upon sin, which he bore on behalf of all Christians. So that's kind of the same thing Calvin took in the Institutes. Because um, there's also the idea that descended into hell is, like you were saying, it, it, the first thought is, oh, he suffered the sin, he suffered the death that we deserve to die. And um, Wilson before put forth the idea, too, that when, he, when he's talking in the garden, he says, um, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That the cup he's talking about is not the crucifixion; it's the wrath of God being poured out on him, as opposed mm-hmm. to on us. So, yeah, uh, because w- I, when he when he dies on the cross, when he gives up the ghost, he says, "It is finished." Yeah, like the, the the atonement is made; the work is finished. There's no yes. further atonement needed to be made by burning in hell. And he tells the thief on the cross, today I will see you in paradise. Right, in paradise. Right. And so it's like, well, that means, well, what does that mean? First, he's, you know, what about the three days in the in, in Sheol? What about, you know, yeah. And you talk about paradise, right? As far as right. like that, yeah. The good that, compartment that, of Sheol, yeah. That could also be Sheol, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, we, we have to establish that that when he when he died, when he said it is finished, when the blood was shed, when everything was finished, the the, the atonement is made. Yeah. There's no further atoning work that needs to be done. The, the and Luke, Luke, is- yeah, in Luke twenty three forty six, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he says on the on the cross, it's fine, you know. Um, yeah, so there is that. So his soul went to God, but his body stayed on earth, right? Right. And that's a that's a that's an interesting thing because you know he's 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 uh, the second person of the Trinity, and he is fully man. Fully God, hundred percent. You know the hypostatic union, and so right. you see that sort of split here with the body staying on Earth, his human nature staying on Earth, and his heavenly nature, his divine nature, going to God, the Father, uh, into your hands I commend my spirit. So there's a spirit of Christ, um, yeah, like his like that that going off, and that's what that's what's going to happen with us. Our bodies are going to stay here, right. and our spirit is going to go into the hands of the Father. So. So another yeah, so, yeah, body did stay on earth for, for three days. Another, uh, man, I just had it and it, it jumped out of my head. Um, where was I going? Keep going. Cause I lost my point. <laughs> I was going to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just kind of looking at some more notes here. Um, well, okay. So if you haven't read this book, renewing your mind by RC Sproul, Roman Catholic Sproul, Roman Catholic Sproul. He goes through the Apostles' Creed and kind of comments on everything as he goes. So, like, you know, this is chapter 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 three. I believe in God the Father Almighty. So, chapter three, and then like chapter four, I believe in God Maker of heaven and earth. So he like he kind of goes through sort of chapter. Each chapter is like a line by line thing. So on that one, he talks. There's one a place where he talks about. Um, descending into hell and Sproul doesn't take it to mean you went to hell. He's kind of like, I suppose kind of talking about what we have been talking about here what, from the scriptural opposition against this, the idea that he descended into hell. Um, you know, he's talking about how it's sort of ambiguous. Um, yeah. He, and he kind of, it's, it's basically everything that we've kind of got through. You know, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise, Luke 24, 43. Um, so the punctual of the passage can be changed. So it reads, I tell you the truth, you truth, you will be with me in paradise. The later rendition is less likely in grammatical grounds. So they're saying there's some, some play there as far as like what, what it could mean. But by the punctuation of that passage, uh, today you, you will be with me in paradise, but it's not, it's not likely it's, it's literally today. Right. In paradise. Right. Yeah. Right, right, because that's one I have heard too that the punctuation is in the wrong place, and it should be "I tell you the truth today, comma you will be yeah. with me in paradise" as some vague nebulous point in the future. And, and uh, there is that there is that cutting off, and that, that's something important too that that he mentions. It says Calvin and others define that descent into the, as the spiritual reality of Jesus' soul while he hung, rejected, and condemned by his Father on the cross. Hmm. To be forsaken, to be cut off by God, brings with it the full torment of hell. So, so in, in that, like metaphorically, descended to hell on the cross when God, for, you know, was forsaking him, turning his. So that, that's a, that's where I wanted to go. That you just reminded me. Yeah. So I had this conversation with friends. Also had some. Right, we were talking about yeah. this: the idea of the Our father spirit. turning his back on the son. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about that. It's kind of like a traditional understanding, but I was. How do you feel about that now? Have you found any evidence for that now? Um, the break for us was the idea of a disunity in the Trinity if the Father turns his back on the Son. Right. 
So that kind of throws so a wrench in that. He was supposed to be quoting, right? Psalm uh, yes. 114. Is it 114? He's supposed to be quoting. Um, I had it. Now I have it. Um, I think Sproul said, said the same, same thing about um, him quoting it. Gosh. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Eloi, Eloi, lava sabachthani, you know, yes. father, father, why have you forsaken me? And the rest of that, do you have that up? Like, Psalm 22? Uh, interesting for the Hebrew roots people, he did not quote that in Hebrew. So just take that where you will. Uh, <laughs> Even though it is in our English Bible. Is right. Eli, Eli. Well, I think it's, it's it's quoted in there because they think he was he was calling out to Elijah, right? Yes. That's so, what, yeah. Yeah. They just so, hear him uh, say, Eli, Eli. Psalm 22, uh, starting at 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the swords of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, and I find no rest. Uh, so Psalm 22 is interesting because it's a two, kind of a two-part psalm. Um, it's David in distress, but the second part is the knowledge of redemption coming. So... I've always kind of understood the quotation of Psalm 22 to be Jesus pointing out right now that all hope seems lost, but by quoting Psalm 22, drawing the mind to the idea that redemption is coming. Like for anybody who did understand what he was saying, they would have known what he was quoting from and understood that while it does look like it's at its lowest right now, that's not how this ends. His servant is redeemed. He is brought back, you know? Um yeah. <laughs> That's one of those church things that you always hear. Like it, it's in the hymn. What's the hymn? Ah, uh, oh, what is the hymn? I can't think of it. Which but it one? Talks about the Father turns his face away as wounds much mar the Holy One. Bring many yeah. souls to glory. What hymn is that? I'm blanking on it now. That's yeah, I don't talk about. Yeah, that's yeah. in the hymn. So it's just kind of like church tradition. Yeah. Like, oh, he's on him but then digging into it it's like well did he though yeah that's gonna bug me now yeah let me see how deep the father's love for us that's what it is yeah yeah so like yeah that's um so steven had a question it says wasn't atonement made once christ went to heaven before the father Right, and I I was trying to comment, but I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> what I what I meant when I said atonement, the work of atonement was done, is that the suffering required for the atonement was finished. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So the the yeah. act of dying on the cross was the work necessary for the atonement. There wasn't a further suffering or work that needed to be done. Yeah, and it was the perfect life he lived. Of of he uh, was the only sinless person to exist which i know ernie will disagree with <laughs> is very interesting right because yeah that's a that we, we definitely need to get ernie on and talk about that because i i asked him i've asked ernie before so do you know uh, you know anyone who's been sinless he said several like wow i would really like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with a <laughs> sinless person who's never thought a sin in their entire life that what what wealth of knowledge and wisdom and, and <laughs> enlightenment that that person, a sinless person never, ever made it ha committed a sin ever. Not a single wow. time. Not ever. Just like Jesus. Wow. And they don't need Jesus. 
he says. And so, which is an insane thing to say. Um, but yeah, so this this idea of, of yeah, there's plenty of sinless people out there going around. We need to like, we need to get him on here about that. For sure, yeah. We need to get him on here about a, <laughs> about a lot of things. Yeah, because he says he just throws stuff out that's just insane. Um, yeah, so yeah, we got some comments that I think or we should probably get to like so. Er Ernie said he emptied himself according to Philippians two seven. So. I don't know what he's talking about there. So er Ernie's understanding of he emptied himself. Uh, Ernie, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm saying this from what I remember us talking about, so I could be off, um, is that at the point of becoming a person, he relinquished his deity. So not, the, he did not forsake his deity, though. Not forsake, but relinquish. So... His equality with God was not something to be grasped. To be grasped, but he emptied but himself. And, right. His equality with God. Right, but he, he takes, had it. He had equality right. with God. But he takes it as his equality with God was not something to be grasped, meaning when he left heaven and became a human, he let it go in heaven and left it there. That's so that kinetic, right, or kenosis. Right? I don't know if so he would like, take it that far, but it's that idea of him being like – He was not divine. Right. He was a man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a there. holy one and an obedient one, but a man. And I would obviously differ in that he was, it's the hypostatic union. He was a man. He was also the God. nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The two natures yeah. in one body. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, we were talking about with Alex, you know, our Catholic friend um, about that as far as like, I don't know what would be his, because he, he takes, he says his human nature came from holy, sinless Mary. Right. Which, so his human nature and his divine nature are, are perfect and sinless it's like what's the difference what is human about jesus that's what i would want to ask alex or, or maybe a, a similar thinking catholic is if they get his sinlessness and perfection and and, and stuff from uh quality with is with reference to glory not nature mm, well i would say his glory he did he did not have he does mention about like you know the with the glory that I had once right. I, I had with you before the earth began right in his prayer to God, the Father, and so and like that I want that I will have again. And I, I think we do have to establish that we do believe. So this is kind of a weird doc, not even doctrine. It's a weird understanding that I don't think Christians uh, fully absorb. the The Word is eternal. The Word is eternal. Always has existed. The, mm -hmm. the man, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, came into existence at a specific time in history. Yeah. So right. I, I think that's important to establish, Ernie, when we're talking about these things, that we don't think he just uh, put on a flesh suit and he was the same thing. Like the, the, the word has always existed eternally, yeah. but the man came into existence at a specific point when he was conceived and born. So we, we do agree in that sense. Um, but he does things consistently throughout scripture, which are – a God thing that he, one, he forgives sins. Um, two, he reads minds, <laughs> which it's consistently, he perceived yeah. what they thought. Uh, he knew what they thought frequently, but the, the forgiving sins is the big one. That's like the, Whoa, that's the moment where like, even the Jews are like, only God can forgive sins. Who does he think that he is? Yeah. So I, I don't understand how he could be void of deity, but also forgive sins. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's another thing. We'll, we're gonna have Ernie on for a series, <laughs> explain Church of Christ to us and we'll, 
<laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> the non-denomination denomination. <laughs> the, do- the denomination of non-denomination. <laughs> the anti-denomination. Are we yeah. ready to say like non-denominational is a denomination at this point? <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's just whatever it wants to be at whatever time. Right. Whatever it needs to get people in the door, basically. All right. He became subject to time, space, matter, and also the law. Right. Right. And that's why he was given a name above every other name, because as the man, he was the perfect man. So. And, and it's also understand he created time, space, and matter. Right. All those things were created through the word. Yes. So so he had so he had authority over those things, such as the wind and waves. So, right. you know, over disease, over time, space, and matter. He would suddenly right. appear, right, you know, somewhere, suddenly be on shore. So space, there's a spatial issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, I think we kind of went through, you know, I think we, we kind of wanted to land on the, you know, the opposite, the, the biblical opposition to the, the descent into hell. Um, so, so how I would under kind of like summarize everything is that um, he did not go to hell as we understand, like a fire flames, right. um, the, the, the set the prisoners free or, or preaching to the prisoners who, who are spirit is Christ preaching to people in the spirit who are now in hell or burn out in a prison of hell. So you're right? taking the Augustine approach basically that the yeah, proclamation I mean, of Noah was a proclamation of Christ to those spirits. So yeah, to those uh, people I should say who are spirits. Now. I can understand that more than I can understand the, the, the <laughs> heavenly beings or the, okay. the other spiritual <laughs> beings that we don't know what they are. They're not angels. They're not God. They're not whatever. That gets a little too Michael Heiser for me. Right. But <laughs> And I've even read Michael Heiser, so I still don't quite get it. But, um, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd read something, yeah. and it was kind of good, and it just said that there's only two things that we know that he did, um, and that was comforted departed saints and brought them home and proclaimed victory which was kind of interesting to me because whether angels or souls or whatever it was like when he went there, he was able to proclaim victory. Like it is finished. It's done. Mm. I've, I've achieved yeah. everything that I said I would. I'm, you know what I mean? Which kind of had to be awesome for him because, you know, I mean, even thinking about him like on his knees, just like, if you could take this cup for me, you know what I mean? Like that, right. that spirit, that, that fear that men have. Um, and he took that on and embodied it. So I just think that was kind of cool that he was able to, if, I mean, it doesn't say anywhere in scripture, that was just somebody's interpretation, but I'm just saying that if he was able to go and, you know, proclaim victory, that was, that was pretty awesome. And this is kind of an important point to make too. Like we, we referenced the two scriptures that we referenced. uh, Those are the only two that really give us any insight as to what was going on during those three days. So any other ideas or doctrines that anyone pointing out is pointing out is, speculation it's an idea but i don't think anyone can give you 100 percent truth understanding of what was happening here so for us too we're not trying to tell you this is exactly what happened when he was dead it's like this is what we understand as best we can limited as we are from the scripture so clarify that point yeah yeah all right well well i think that's so when you're when you're in church or when you're watching the live stream you can think of that, you know, that Christ died and went to Sheol. Now, hopefully we have a little understanding of better what that is, of like what hell is, what Hades, what uh, kind of where he went, um, the pit, the abyss, all those things. Uh, and the, the, the important thing to realize is that he was, he rose from the dead. And that, and that is the, the crux of Christianity 
you know, and, and like if that if that did not happen, everything is in vain. Everything is for nothing. Right. Um, right. You know, you Moses died, Muhammad died, Buddha died. Everyone died. So we do not follow a dead person, mm. right? We do not follow a dead god or a dead leader. We follow a, a living God, a living Christ. And right. be really hard to understand as far as like, well, where is he? What is that? What's you know? He ascended into heaven, and that's you know, people saw him, and yeah. So he's reigning now. Uh, he is king. Jesus is king. And Con just listen to Kanye. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know the other thing that that comes with not only is the fact that he rose, but the fact that because he rose, he's guaranteed our resurrection. Like our hope is to be yeah. like him one day. We don't die and like, well, this is it. Like we have that hope of the greater resurrection to come that he's secured. Like he said, he has the keys to death in Hades. Yeah. Uh, or like he said to the sisters in John, "I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live." Like that. Yeah is our hope that is the thing that is coming so there's that sovereign the d dominion he has dominion he has sovereignty even over hell even over satan you know right. so there's not these two opposing forces heaven versus hell kind of thing he has conquered hell he's conquered the grave he's conquered everything and he is alive and there's one kingdom and just rebels to the kingdom and right. so uh yeah that would be the the gospel invitation of uh except christ you know if you believe this then you are saved right so um yeah that's super super hopeful super um just this is this is a real thing it's hard it's hard to understand to grasp that of like this isn't just an idea this isn't just a uh any kind of faith you know any any just any old faith there's a living faith in a living god in a living christ and he he is alive and, and, and it's hard to understand that but yeah, that's that's what Christianity is, and right. yeah, cool. it makes it different too. So, thanks everyone for jumping in. We had a little bit of a different look this week. We're using a different uh, streaming service, which I think I like a lot better than Zoom. It was really cool to be able to pull up comments on the screen and stuff. Yeah, uh, I feel like the interaction is more fun that way. Uh, we yeah. have a tentative topic for next week. That's it. Just sounded like there was a lot there, so I feel like that'd be fun to dig into. Uh, but yeah, same time next week. If you guys are down, we appreciate everybody joining us for all of this. As yeah. always, we hope that this is useful in some way to you, even if you get just a little bit of use out of it. It's it's what we intended. So, and we are on podcast. We are. Yes. This isn't just the. If you missed it tonight, you missed it. Whatever. It's you can listen later. I know that's a big thing. People saying like, "Hey, I can't just sit there on Facebook for right. an hour," you know. So uh, we're on podcast. Listen on the go. You can download all the episodes and stuff. So on Spotify, on iTunes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, leave us a comment and just give us more ideas and topics to think about. And um, yeah, cool. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. See you. Bye.